When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez is the Best. Today is Tuesday, August 1, 2023. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. Happy August 1st, baby. Wow, new month, man. How you guys doing? I feel like I have a sniffles because I've been, my body clock's been really messed up. Like I've been staying up late and then some days I sleep really early. It's super weird. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about this weekend. Did you guys have a great weekend? I had a great weekend. I had a working weekend. I had a hosting for Sun Life Philippines. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so we, we got to do, it was like a, it was like a kickoff slash sales thing. No, no, no. It was a kickoff slash awarding kind of thing. And I've hosted a few of these things before, not just for Sun Life. I've actually worked with a bunch of insurance companies in the past. And I actually have a fun story about that as well. But usually what they do is they award like people for reaching their targets and stuff. Uh, I never really understand what I'm talking about when I'm hosting. But it was a, it was overall a really smooth, um, it was a really smooth production. And you guys know how much I get a hard on for smooth productions. Like there was a teleprompter, uh, like in front of me, there were two screens and I was able to do the, you know, the whole hosting without looking at cue cards because of that prompter. And the thing that I really appreciate for those of you who don't host events or maybe you have, but you've only used cue cards, the challenge with the prompter is being on the same page with the person who's moving the words on the prompter. Because me, I have a tendency to not really go off script, but to add stuff when I'm talking. Because I don't want to just read. So I want to add a little bit of flair and add a little bit more insight when I talk to an audience. So there have been times, not this time, but there have been times where I'm reading the script and then maybe there's like a line there. But instead of reading the second line after that first line that I read, I, I expound on that first line. And if the prompter person isn't paying attention, they're just going to keep scrolling. So sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, please stop moving the words. I need to, you know, I'll go back to it. Don't worry. Uh, so that's one of the challenges of hosting with a prompter if you're not on the same page with the person. But the, whoever was running it uh, back in, uh, at the tech booth, was really good and they were able to like they I could see because you can see the text moving and as if they're waiting for me to say the next line if I don't it's like it, it it's, it's about to move you see it move a little and they're like oh wait so shout out to the teleprompter person the other person I want to shout out other than Sun Life and other than Spot uh, Spot uh, Talent Management which got me for this one this this gig is uh, the voiceover artist oh my god there's a live VO artist. So the the event was like a Lord of the Rings theme thing. And this guy had like a Gandalf-esque voice. Something that I could never do. It was like, ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 blah. It was it was awesome. And and what made it I mean, the other thing that I really liked was that he did most of the work. 
<laughs> he literally read all the names of the awardees. Like I had to do no name reading pretty much. And a lot of it was just voiceover work from him and me just standing on the stage and kind of just introducing, a you know, the, the next award. So, yeah, man, the voiceover, I forgot his name, Arnell something. So shout out to you, man. If I, I, you probably, you'll never hear this, but if you guys know an Arnell who does live videos, let him know that he did a great job. And, uh, yeah, so being Lord of the Rings themed, uh, if you watch my Instagram stories, you knew that I was dressed up in a costume. I really did not look like a Lord. I looked like a waiter in, uh, Aladdin, you know, like somebody that serves the, the Sultan. It was like a white garb shirt thingy with a blue, I don't know, like a blue thing around my waist and just black pants. I look weird. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know why they went that direction. Maybe they, they didn't have a costume that could fit my, my wide, broad shoulders, right? Uh, so I, I, I was like, why am I wearing this? But it, it didn't look bad. It was just like, I, I wanted, I should have just, I, you know, they should have dressed me up as like Gimli or some shit like that. <laughs> but the other good news on that end as well is, um, so I did that event and then I had another event pending with them in September. I guess this was maybe like their, their way of gauging if I'm worth getting for the September event. And, uh, in the evening after the event was done, I got a text from spot management and they were like, Hey, uh, book the September gig. We're good to go. So I think I did a good job, man. So I have more work coming. So that was my working weekend. Anything more, anything interesting about that hosting other than what can, Oh, the, the, the story, the fun story. Okay. So my first ever main role in a ad or commercial or AVP when I was still auditioning, when I was a quote-unquote commercial model slash talent, was for Insular Life, believe it or not. And if you go on Facebook, you could probably find it. It's like a two-and-a-half-minute video, and it's just me talking to the camera, and I'm extra skinny in that one. I Looking at it, uh, I, I watched it a couple days ago because I met someone from Insular Life, and I was like, wow, how is that possible? Like, I, I cannot imagine being that, like, slim. I, I feel like I could get, like, I could lose weight, but I don't know how my shoulders are so slim. Like, I look at my shoulders now. I've been working out a little bit. And I have, like, that Chris Pratt, you know, what's that, mesomorph or whatever, that body type where you just have wide shoulders. I'm looking at myself in the video. I'm like, how did I even look like that? It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, that was my first ever project. And I remember my, I sent it to my, my family and my cousins were laughing at me because it's such a, you know, it's so unlike me to talk like I do in the video. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very, uh, hard sell kind of thing. Like, you know, get insurance and we'll, we'll protect your life and your family and your blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And it just brought up good memories, man. Uh, so that was, when was that? That was on Saturday when I had that hosting. Uh, over the weekend, what else did I do? Oh, so I went to Marissa's family reunion this weekend. It was my first time to meet her family. And uh, it was cool, man. I, I honestly don't like going to family reunions in general, whether it's my own or anybody's, especially if it's not my own family. Because when it's my family... It's not even like a reunion. Like we just, ha I hang out with the cousins and, you know, we just drink or something or do something f stupid or fun. 
but when you go to somebody else's family reunion where you don't know anyone, you know, they're, they're you know, they always wonder who you are. So you got to answer all these questions. And, you know, I already have canned responses for everything. You know, I try to be cool and charming and whatnot. But it was overall a pretty fun night, man. Uh, did some karaoke. You know, this is the kind of family uh, that does karaoke. So I hate karaoke, by the way. Like, I don't like doing it. I don't like being forced to do it. They didn't force me. I mean, I guess they kind of did, like, peer pressure. But, like, my friend, at least in my circle of friends, I don't really have anyone that or a group of friends that are like they love videoke or karaoke. I don't know. I, I, maybe it's because I don't associate myself with myself with singers, singer friends. But I, I just I I can't do it because I'm not a singer. Like I feel like I could carry a tune, but I'm not a singer. But here's a life tip for all of you out there who are just like me: you should have a couple songs in the bank, just cause. All right, just in case. You know, you, you, you happen to be at a wedding and they have a, they break out a video game machine and you are the best man. They're like, you have to sing. Then you have to have three or four songs in pocket, you know, back of your pocket, uh, in your playbook that you are comfortable with. Uh, let's actually look that up. Easiest karaoke songs for to sing. Here we go. Uh, before I tell you mine, let's take a look at the lists on Google. The top 20 easiest karaoke songs to sing. All right. The number 20 on this list is Build Me Up Buttercup by The Foundations. Um, that's kind of, that's a tough one because it, the guy, the guy who sings it, the original song has a pretty high voice, right? Why do you build me up? Like you have to have a falsetto. I don't know why they listed that. Billy Ray Cyrus, Achy Breaky Heart. I think that's pretty easy. Don't break my heart, my achy breaky heart. Baggy Trousers by Madness. I don't know what that song is. Uh, I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. That actually might be one that, that I, I might do. Like, just for, just for like, cause it's obviously so ridiculous that you're gonna sing this song. It'll get laughs and nobody's gonna care about your vocal prowess. I'm too sexy for my should. The Clash. Should I stay or should I go? Um, that's a tough one. Uptown Girl. Billy Joel, or or if you're more my generation, Westlife's version is also a banger. Uptown Girl? Maybe Billy Joel's version, like if they do it in a lower key. And I know, I know you can change the key in karaoke by pressing some buttons. But let's go with the original key. Uptown Girl, Uptown Girl. She's been, nah, I think I could pull that off. But it's not in my top 10. Spice Girls Wannabe. No way that song is easy. This list sucks, man. Now tell me what you want. Dude, that's a hard song to sing. Especially, especially when you get to the spice, uh, scary spices part, right? Blur, country house. Nope, nope, nope. Karma Chameleon is also high. These, these, this, this list is ass. Taylor Swift, shake it off. Nah. A thousand miles. Vanessa Carlton is a, is a, has a great voice. You can't pull that. Oh, this list is ass, man. Uh, let's see. Let's go with this list. Hmm. I will survive. No. Don't stop believing. Are you guys serious? You want this? You think you can sound like Steve Perry? This li- these lists are ridiculous. I'm looking for songs that you can literally just like talk through, or or be monotonous and be okay. None of these lists seem to have that. All right, fuck that. Uh, let's just go with my list of songs. Um. 
maybe like Hotel California. That's a, that's always a, a good one because the guy's voice. I mean, like if you sing it, you don't have to sing like too many ups and downs. Uh, Just a Friend by Biz Marquee, I think, is also a good one uh, because I mean it's a rap, but it's like a slow rap. What else? My my ultimate go to song, I think, is probably like Pretty Woman. Pretty woman walking down the street. Because no matter what tone, you just have to, especially when they say mercy. <laughs> and almost any Disney song you could probably get away with because people will probably be singing along with you. I also really like My Girl by, is it The Temptations? I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. I love that song. Those are like my go-to like karaoke songs. I guess sometimes I throw a Backstreet Boys song in there, depending on the crowd. If there is a crowd that's my age, you know, you, you throw in a, you know, Backstreet Boys, quit playing games with my heart or everybody. Th- those are, those are, those, you can, you can get away with that, especially if the crowd is vibing. So yeah, I guess, I mean, that's just my, my little side rant. Not really rant, side little, uh, topic about karaoke right there. Oh, uh, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, I watch some movies. Uh, let's talk about some movies. I watched for the first time because I, I've told you, I shared with you guys, uh, earlier this month, I signed up for three more streaming services. So I now have once again, Netflix, HBO, Amazon, and Disney Plus. And I, I just scour each one looking for stuff that I haven't watched or I want to rewatch. So I just rewatched like at, before doing this podcast, I just rewatched Infinity War and Endgame back to back. And then I went on YouTube and looked up crowd reactions to the ending credits of Endgame and I teared up a little bit. I, I feel like that shit always makes me tear up, man. Every time I watch Endgame reaction videos, I remember what that shit felt like watching it in theaters. It was an out of body experience. And I feel like we're never going to get that again. I guess that's what makes me like tear up because even with this new phase of Marvel, you know, with, with, you know, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man, then you add like the new ones like Eternals and Shang-Chi and shit. It's just, it's just, um, it's never going to hit like that. It's never going to hit like that. Like there's no character that you can latch onto like you did with, uh, Robert Downey, Robert Downey's Iron Man or for a lot of people, Captain America, who I absolutely did not like, but I, I respected the the character and you were with him for so long. Like Doctor Strange, I don't think I'll ever feel that way about Doctor Strange ever. And, you know, they were the iconic six. So like, who's the new Avengers? Who are the new iconic ones? I mean, even if they kill off Strange or Spider-Man or anyone that's still been around post Endgame, like none of them would really be sad. You know, I mean, I guess if you kill like Hawkeye or Hulk who are still around, who's still around, right? Just Just them two, right? Hulk? Hawkeye, Black Widow's dead, Iron Man's dead, Captain America. Oh, Thor. Ah, Thor, man. That last movie, I I wish he died last movie, so at least it would have been good because it was ass. But you know what's the worst shit that Marvel has put out? And I talked about it a couple months ago when it first started. I think it was like in um, July when I talked about it or maybe June. Secret Invasion. Oh, my God. It was so bad. Oh my god, I'm so sad that I started that show. Like, I watched the first two episodes, and it was engaging enough, and I was like, okay, this might be good. 
you know, I'm a big sucker for Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. And they had a pretty cool cast, although uh, Game of Thrones girl never strikes me ever. I, I don't ever remember Amelia Clark. There we go. That's her name. I remembered it now. Nothing that uh, maybe because I'm not a Game of Thrones fan either, but anything else that Amelia Clark has done has never struck me as very good. Uh, you could bash me like MJ Lastimosa, but super whatevs lang, Emilia Clark. I mean, she had that one movie with the guy in the wheelchair, right? Uh, was it You and Me or whatever it's called? I forgot the title. Uh, what else have I seen her? She was in that awful Terminator movie. Uh, she's been in a lot of like rom-coms, which I can't remember for the life of me. What else has she done, man? Emilia Clark. She wasn't bad by any means, but she's so forgettable to me. Although she's super like, she's a babe. But like Last Christmas, the one with the Crazy Rich Asians guy, that movie was ass. She was in Solo, which I actually enjoyed the, the Han Solo movie. I was kind of sad that that didn't do well because I, I wanted a sequel to it. But even her character was so forgettable. What was her name? What was her name in that movie? I don't remember. But yeah, so Emilia Clark. I, I think she's still living off the her laurels and reputation of of her character in Game of Thrones because she's just not that she's not it she does she doesn't have like she's not charismatic for me is that a bad thing to say I just I don't I've not enjoyed anything that she's been in and Secret Invasion was just oh so bad man the final episode literally resolved nothing uh, I'll, I'm down to spoil it. TBH just so that you don't have to watch it. So basically, I'm going to spoil it right now. Uh, so Sam Jackson, uh, Nick Fury rather, in episode one, he comes back from space. You know, he's kind of disillusioned because he got snapped by Thanos. So it's kind of, they try to tell you that he's changed, right? Like he's not the same Nick Fury anymore. And the main concept of Secret Invasion is that the scrolls, if you remember the scrolls from uh, Captain Marvel, it's those green, ugly little fucking reptile-looking shits that can shapeshift. And it turns out that the scrolls have been stranded on Earth. You know, if you watch Captain Marvel, they've been on Earth. And Nick Fury is trying to find them a new planet to live on. But because Nick Fury was unable to do that, the scrolls start a revolution. And the scrolls, even though they don't have any superpowers yet, I'll get to that. But they can shape, I mean, besides shapeshifting, they, they don't have like super strength or like fireballs or whatever. They can shapeshift into any human, pretty much, uh, that they, that they, um, that they kidnap. And so they, they, there's scrolls, uh, posing as world leaders, as military officials. So they start like sabotaging the, the world, specifically Russia and the US. They're trying to get a war. To go on where the, you know, all the nations start fighting each other because they think that they're starting a war with the presidents when really it's a scroll in, in that body. So that's kind of the main gist of it. Of course, there are good scrolls. Uh, Talos from Captain Marvel is back, uh, but he dies and I felt no sadness because they didn't really explore his character as much. He didn't have that much screen time and the screen time that he did have, it was mostly bickering with, with Nick Fury. Uh, he was a cool character too. Like, and he's a, you know, Ben Mendelsohn is a great actor. So I thought that was a waste. Uh, and then what's her name died too. Maria Hill dies in the first episode and it, it just felt unearned. 
You know, I felt like they could have done something more with her character in this show as well. And then we get to the end, right? So, th- so the, the name of the main bad guy's name is Gravik. He's a scroll whose parents were killed and he just kind of wants to, he's mad at the world. So he, he's mad at Nick Fury because they couldn't find a home and he's mad at the humans because they don't accept them. They don't accept scrolls. So yeah, that's his plan in motion. And he, he, there, his main like way to do this outside of becoming, you know, outside of pretending to be world leaders and sabotaging the politics of it all is to get this super DNA serum, which they call the harvest, which apparently Nick Fury ordered his scroll, like members or scroll team to go to the battle of after the battle in Endgame, you know, the battle with Thanos and, and get the DNA of all the superheroes that fought. So the fucking final is Emilia Clark and Gravik fighting because they both consumed or whatever were injected with the DNA. And they literally have every fucking superpower from every Avenger and villain that they fought in Endgame. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like there's this one like uh, Emilia Clark. Her name is Gaia in the show. Gaia suddenly grows like Drax's arm, Drax from Guardians. It's so weird. It's, it's, and the fight was, you know, if you have all those powers, you'd expect the fight to be bomb. The fight was so basic and it lasted like all of two minutes. It was so weird. And then, you know, so she kills Gravik and now we're left in flux because she doesn't die and she has the DNA of every Avenger. She's the strongest being in the whole MCU and it's, it's not even acknowledged at all. It's so dumb. And then Nick Fury, at the end of the season show, decides to go back to space, having started a war on Earth. Like the, the, you know, people, uh, so he saves the president, uh, that the Gravik was about to kill. So the president is like, let's start a war with all the scrolls and all aliens on planet Earth. We're gonna exterminate you. Uh, and that causes fear and a bunch of people just start shooting at world leaders because they don't know if they're scrolls or not. And what does Nick Fury do? He's like, fuck this. I'm going back to space and basically leaving his unresolved problems on Earth. There was no resolution outside of killing Gravik. You don't know what happened to the other scrolls. You have a super scroll in Amelia Clark with all the Avengers powers. You don't know what the fuck she's going to do in the in the future. Uh, it's ridiculous, you know, they, and then, oh, by the way, Nick Fury is married to a scroll in case you didn't know, which could have been a really interesting, like, it could have been a really interesting storyline, but he was just such an asshole to her and they never explored that relationship very much. It's so dumb. I hate it. <laughs> I want to cry. And I'm not the only one, right? Normally I like movies sometimes that most people hate, but uh, Secret Invasion has the lowest Rotten Tomato score of any MCU project ever. So I'm saving you, I'm saving you the time to watch it. I'm giving you the detailed run through because you probably have to know some of that because the Marvels, I think, is the next movie, right? The next Marvel movie coming up is the Marvels. So you have to kind of know what's going on with Nick Fury and why he's back in space. Well, there it is. He went to Earth to stop the scrolls. He fucked shit up. And the scrolls are still fucking with the earth and, and, uh, and the humans are, are scared of the scrolls. And he's back in space. That's, that's pretty much what happened. Maria Hill died. 
Talos died. Uh, yeah, man. Fucking garbage show. I'm so mad. I hate that show more than Aquaman. And you guys know how much I hate Aquaman. If you listen to this podcast, Aquaman is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Secret Invasion was so bad. Fuck. Pisses me off, man, just thinking about it. But yeah, so there we go. That's Secret Invasion in a nutshell for you. The worst shit I've ever seen. It's probably the worst thing I've seen this year. I'm so mad at myself that I, you know, kept watching it. Like, I I mean, I had to watch it because I started three episodes. Ugh, fuck, man. That's bad. I'd rather watch Game of Thrones, bro. Uh, <laughs> what else did I watch? Okay, so I was browsing through. I don't know which service it was on because I think it was might be HBO or Amazon. Oh, by the way, the HBO app, as much cool shows as it has, because HBO shows are awesome. Can anyone attest to this? The HBO app is the most garbage streaming app out of all the ones that I've seen so far. Their interface is slow. It's clunky. It's not organized. I don't even know if they have a working algorithm in place to show you, like, everything on their thing. You have to search for stuff that you can't even find in categories. It's so bad. Uh, but anyway, back to the movie that I watched. I think it was on Amazon, though. It's called uh, War Games. It's my first time to watch it. And, I, you know, I've heard the, the name thrown around, especially in pop culture talk. It was a huge movie in the 80s. And it stars Matthew Broderick, who you might know as Ferris Bueller. Uh, to me, growing up, he was known as Inspector Gadget. And... Uh, or, or the guy from Godzilla, right? Which I thought, I love that movie. I don't give a fuck what you say. That movie is awesome. Uh, so what, he's a, he's a, a high school kid and he hacks into like this computer system. He's trying to pirate some video games, but, uh, inadvertently he hacks into a military computer and then he like starts what, uh, like a, a global nuclear war, uh, scare. Uh, basically, he's playing war games with the military, but the military doesn't know that and thinks there's actual attacks being sent towards them from Russia. And the whole movie is basically him trying to convince the government that it's just a computer. And of course, there's elements of the computer being sentient. It's very, uh, actually, you know, despite the age look of, you know, the, 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 the film because it was shot in the eighties. Outside of that, I think it aged very well. Right. It's it. I mean, you just have to get over the fact that the computer looks like a, a, a brick. Right. It looks like a refrigerator. <laughs> it's not like thin screens like we're so used to now. But the acting is pretty good. It has great characters all around. There's not really a villain per se, except for, I guess, technology. But even in that end, the technology isn't like devious. It's just doing its job. And it has a cool message at the end, like a cool it has a cool resolution and apparently, I was doing some back, you know, as I always do after I watch a movie that I've never seen before. I, I like to read about what people think about it. And apparently, this movie got the president at the time. I forgot who it was. Was it was it Reagan? I don't I don't fucking know my history. But the president of the U.S. watched this movie apparently, and because of watching it, they actually beefed up like their cybersecurity and military security because. They were afraid that it was actually, that it could actually happen. So if you haven't watched War Games, very good movie, very engaging film, and I think still very relevant today. It tackles like, 
it really it just tackles nuclear war. I mean, yeah, we were coming off Oppenheimer, which I haven't seen yet, by the way. So maybe it might be a nice little palate cleanser from Oppenheimer, you know, something that that tackles another aspect of nuclear bombs and warfare. And if you've ever seen it, uh, let me know if you if you liked it as much as I did, because that movie is fantastic. And there's a lot of movies that from the 80s that I haven't seen, uh, like Breakfast at Tiffany's. Never seen that shit, but I hear it's good. Uh, 18 Candles I've watched only once, uh, and I don't remember it, so I feel like I have to give that a rewatch. Breakfast Club is 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 pretty good, too, although I don't appreciate it as much as a lot of other people do. And the same girl from Breakfast Club is in uh, War Games. Uh, the I forgot her name in the Breakfast Club, but she's pretty good. She's hot. Okay. <laughs> the other movie that I watched was on Netflix. So I know most of you are probably on Netflix. How many of you, by the way, if you don't mind me asking, you know, you can send me a DM. Are any of you not on Netflix or at least on Netflix, but on another streaming service? Because... I barely talk to anyone that has Disney Plus or Amazon or, God forbid, HBO's terrible app. I, 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 re- I, most people only, you know, watch stuff because they have Netflix. There's a whole world out there, guys. But on Netflix, the movie that I watched was the Tom Hanks movie, which was in the top 10. It's from 2019 or 2020. It's called A Man Called Otto, which is based off my research after watching it. Based off of a book, but also kind of a remake of a, correct me if I'm wrong, Swedish movie of the same name, right? And the story is that Tom Hanks plays this cranky old guy and trigger warning, I guess. He's trying to kill himself because he's not happy with life. And then he meets the new next door neighbor, which is a family of like Latin American people. And the, the, the mom or the wife of the guy and the, she's the mom of two kids is like an absolute character. And she's the best part of the movie alongside Tom Hanks. It is a tearjerker movie. It, it doesn't really hide that it's definitely trying to make you cry. It's a very straightforward movie as well. Like I, I, and it's, I think it's very boomer oriented. Like I feel like this is a movie that you could watch with your 50, 60, 70 year old parents or grandparents. I don't know. And enjoy it. It's really good. I, I really enjoyed it. it. There's there's nothing special in terms of storyline. It's very predictable. Like, I, I knew what was going to happen already without even looking into the film. You can tell the, the way it's going to go. But it was it was a great movie, and I would recommend it as well. So those are the two movies that I watched this week that I remember off the top of my head. A Man Called Otto and War Games. Is there anything else that I am anticipating? I, I want to watch Oppenheimer. I shared my thoughts on Barbie on Hala Hala Show already. I do want the I Am Kenuff shirt, but then everybody's going to be wearing that. I bet you, I fucking bet you. How much you guys want to bet? I bet you guys on Halloween this year, how many I Am Kenuffs and how many Barbies there are going to be. I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying that's this, that is the Squid Games of this year. Right? What are the iconic costumes? So I remember in high school when Dark Knight came out, every fucking guy and girl dressed up as the Joker. Right? Uh, I think when the first or maybe, yeah, when, when the first Purge movie came out, a lot of people wore Purge masks that year. Still a popular thing, by the way, up until now. Um, yeah, Squid Games definitely was a popular one. Harley Quinn 
is all was also a popular one when Suicide Squad or what was the first? Yeah, Suicide Squad came out. I'm trying to think of like costumes that are really inspired by a big movie that came out in the year. Yeah, those are the ones that come spring to mind. But I, I know for sure it's gonna be Barbie. No one's gonna dress up as fucking Oppenheimer, man. Right? Like no one's gonna get it. But Barbie, come on. Like you know, even like when Harry Potter and stuff came out, I don't, I don't really see any Harry Potter Halloween costumes. I mean, it's not a big, it's not a big market. I think, right? Do you guys see that shit? I don't. You know, more, I feel like more people dress up as Harry Potter and friends during like Harry Potter marathon nights or trivia nights rather than this is my costume for Halloween. No one, I, I don't really know anybody that that's dressed up as Harry Potter universe characters. Hmm. I guess the one franchise that probably has a lot of costumes, or no, maybe two, that every year there's there's got to be someone at a Halloween party that either dressed up as a Jedi or a Sith and a MCU character. So one of the, you know, one of the Avengers. But most, uh, like, no one dresses up as Gandalf, right? Or Aragorn or, or Frodo. Like, no one does Lord of the Rings, right? Have you guys ever seen anyone? I haven't. So yeah, yeah, just just Star Wars and Marvel is what I see. If if we're talking about long term sustainability of costumes that you'll see every year based off of movies, it's Star Wars and Marvel, and then whatever is the big movie that year. And Barbie is that movie for sure, for sure. I think that is the podcast, friends. Uh, we are actually recording Hala Hala Show early this week. Actually, right after I. Uh, put this out into the universe. We are recording later on this evening, Tuesday night. So look out for that. Uh, I still have to edit, like, you know, not, like, I have to clean up the audio and stuff. So expect it by Wednesday or Thursday. And that is it. That's the podcast. Uh, you can feel free to follow me on my personal Instagram and I guess TikTok. It's me, JC. And if you have any questions about the podcast or if you want me to answer anything, if you're listening on Spotify, there's a Q&A feature that you can use so you don't have to go on IG and look it up or whatever. You can ask the question there. I'll answer it next episode. But if you want to DM me, it's Tevez of the best. All right. Take care. Have a great rest of your week. I have a hosting this Friday, so I'll share that story next week as well. And I'll catch you all. Say it with me later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.